Hey there, hi there, hope there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast, where we bring you the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics. Got some interesting things to talk about today on the show. Got the uh, partial crew in here, not a full crew. We've got a couple of our normal participants out doing various and sundry other things, but uh, still some important things to talk about going on in the world of athletics. And also, we do have a quiz for you in the second half of the show, as we were prone to do during the summer months. The one that everybody's been waiting for, the mascot quiz, take place today. So uh, study up on those obscure mascots in schools if you want to do well today. Okay, got that going for you. But me, Jared, and Jeff will get you through this next hour talking about some of the exciting and interesting and newsworthy things going on with Louisville Women's Athletics. As we normally like to do, just kind of catch up with the guys here a little bit before we get into the meat and bones of things. Jared has been talking about smoke bombs and fireworks and pyrotechnics and taking photos of such. And do you still have all your fingers, sir? Everything's still there, just lighting the smoke bombs off and uh, taking some pictures with those kind of the the background is some shots, maybe in the foreground a little bit here and there. Uh, just fighting the wind. You know how the wind can be when you're trying to get a fire going, and it, it blows the right out on you. I, I'll take your word for it. Uh, the closest I get to fireworks is sitting in a lawn chair 100 feet away and going ooh and ah. So <laughs> more, more power to you there. So uh, Jeff had a, a busy week at work so far. Been kind of following some stuff going on. What's going on worldwide? Yeah, you know, same old stuff at work. I'm, you know, just lots of meetings, like a, like is typical for me, and uh, you know, in in otherwise kind of a slow news uh, era. I haven't really kept up with things as well, but uh, trying to live my life, you know. Uh, enjoyed some nice weather this week. That was, was, you know, a nice break from summer to revert to spring for a little bit. That was enjoyed that a lot. Certainly so. Yeah, uh, cut grass in eighty degree weather—that's fantastic in the summer. You don't get that very often. That's I, fun to see. I have a service to mine, and of course, they shut up right as we went live this morning. So you know, if you hear a little bit of a hum outside <laughs> my door, my windows—I have a um, house is closed. I've got the air conditioning on, so you probably won't hear it much. But if you do, that's what's going on. We we are just a couple steps away from doing the same as you and getting a service out here, but still. Being bohemian and tackling it ourselves once every couple of weeks or so, and then being sore for the next three days later. Welcome to old age, everybody. Yeah. yeah. The arms are like, oh, God, I can't push this lawnmower another foot. Yeah. But I, we certainly I, have a lot of fun stuff. I tried to do that for a while, and then, you know, I realized I was fighting against being allergic to grass. So that really uh, needed to get a service to do it. So. I, I have always wanted a riding lawnmower, but I never got one. And of envying my neighbors around me who all have them, it seems like almost everybody in my immediate area rides on a lawnmower and cuts their grass. And I'm still pushing my lawnmower along with Sonia. Does quite a bit as well. She's she's very proactive in it. So uh, I don't know. Do I get a lawnmower now and then two years later, you know, a riding lawnmower and then decide I'm not going to do this anymore? Uh, wait and see. Anybody has a good deal on a riding lawnmower, give me a call or shoot me an email. It's not too late. 
but uh, kind of as for myself, yeah, other than that, I've just been kind of following with interest all this stuff about NIL that has been out over the last couple of days. I've been reading and trying to learn more about that. Heard uh, a bozo on the radio this morning called the NLI. So perhaps there are variations there. I don't even know about NLI, NIL, NIL, or Luch. Yeah, the acronym could work. It could be name, likeness, and image. It could work that way. But you know, you get some acronym collision there with national letter of intent in you know NCAA land. So yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, you know, and then of course NIL is also a word meaning none basically as well so yeah uh, we know one guy who knows a whole lot about it that's jared anderson we'll be getting his ideas and thoughts on the concept coming up a little bit later in the show this morning we're also going to depend on jared this morning for our scheduling and twitter information so uh give the old throw to clear jared step up to the plate and knock one out of here buddy yeah, I'm looking at scheduling. We got a whole bunch of nothing. That's the whole schedule. <laughs> Actually, the only thing, only thing NCAA related is uh, kind of the final few games of the College World Series for baseball. Uh, you got Texas and Mississippi State, and a winner advances to the final later today. And then you have your little controversy that happened at 2 a.m. between Vandy and NC State with uh, some COVID stuff that. Uh, I think we're going to see a little more arguments and battle go along later on with that. So no, no true schedule happening. So we'll move along to Twitter's uh, handle so we can keep the show on the road here. Uh, Daryl, who's not here with us again today, I think she's having some issues with the, her car tires, does tweet out as Daryl Faust for uh, Case, who also did not join us today. Uh, he got a little, little intimidated when he heard it was a mascot quiz and mucked <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> He tweets out it has best case scenario that is BST no E in the word best there. Uh, I, I think he'll be back next week when we have another quiz, so we'll we'll see on that one. Uh, Jeff, who's I may, I all may, of our... I may slip him up, you know, I may slip him up and throw two mascot quizzes in a row. <laughs> it would be just, like, oh no, just to throw him off his game a little bit. See what just uh, to throw him off his game a little bit. See what wedding right. comes up next week. He's gonna have to go to. <laughs> Well, I got a friend in from Oklahoma, and uh, he wants to go play golf. <laughs> Jeff, who's running all the the IT and the mechanics behind the scenes right now, does tweet out as Jeff McAdams, and occasionally as Card Couple Radio. No UL sports happening right now, so not much to tweet about from that site. Uh, Polly does tweet out as Cardinal Couple. Uh, not much UL stuff for him lately either. And then myself, Mr. Anderson, Jared, and other than some. Some photos I've shared recently. Not much happened on my page either. So our, our Twitters have gone a little quiet now that we've hit hit the uh, dead period of the season. Uh, but still go check them out anyway. See what we've got going on over there. And we'll move on to the next portion of the show, Polly. All you. And thank you for that concise and quick Twitter recognition. As uh, I have been basically absent on Twitter. I'll admit it. I haven't been doing anything except reading other people's tweets and getting some entertainment out of that occasionally. Uh, that is Facebook as well. But uh, as far as having anything significant to tweet out about, I just don't have it. You know, there's nothing there going on right now. Uh, some things are happening, but they just don't really fall into my wheelbase of what I normally tweet about and what I have knowledge about tweeting about. So 
I'm taking the better part of valor and discretion here and just uh, being an observer and not being an active participant. So that could change down the road. We're going to be trying to do some stuff uh, later on in the summer, later on in July, getting some coaches on board and talking with them, maybe some players, and kind of getting ourselves ready for the fall. But right now, uh, the winds are calm, the sea is still, and we are floating adrift without any direction. How about that? couple things that did happen this week, though, and uh, let's go ahead and get into the joy and excitement before we get into the question mark phase of the show, where we know that Louisville women's soccer has welcomed a new assistant coach to the program. Case breaking us that news to us this morning is Nick Sturrett, S-T-I-R-R-E-T-T, -T. we're going to call it Sturrett, if you want to find another pronunciation. Yeah, we're not, or we haven't Sturet. gotten clarification on the pronunciation. We're going to stir it or stir it or, you know, we're not sure yet. So we'll, we'll get that though. And perhaps we can even get an interview with him. And the first thing I'll ask him is, how do you say your name? And he'll go, Nick. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. I'm not, so, I mean, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm interviewing people for a job, I legitimately do ask them, let me, let me hear you how you say your name so I can make sure I can get it right. I, you know, it's it's a question of respect for them, I think, to, to get somebody's name right. So I make an effort at it. Absolutely. So. It's very good. I don't know too many people who would stumble over Jeff McAdams. You'd be surprised Jerry. with McAdams. <laughs> You'd be really surprised with McAdams. I, I would be surprised because, you know, you look at it and it's, it's right there. McAdams. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Easy. Yeah. Jared. It's 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 usually not egregiously bad, but there can be some interesting. Anderson, very very basic and straightforward. You can say you read it. That's Anderson, okay? My life can cause a myriad of problems with people. Psychs, I've been called skies. I've been called psyches. I've been called stuff that I can't even pronounce, and I just say, just call me Polly. That's who I am, Polly. Okay. I don't have a last name. I dropped it five years ago. But, uh, yeah, so uh, the, our, our new coach comes to us from Oregon State, Jared, where he spent the last two seasons. Uh, he has been noted for bringing in uh, Oregon State scoring output from six goals to 31 goals from his first season to his second season. And I think that's pretty exciting as the Cards will be looking to replace some pretty decent scores sir uh, just your early takes on this hire back here in ferguson days guys uh jared any thoughts on this guy yeah i think the first thing you look at is it was not a a great season last season and we saw the departure of a a couple assistant coaches andy stutz and tim nowak which i'm not sure if that was uh, by their choice or by ul's choice but that left a couple vacancies and when you've lost some extremely talented players in recent years, including Amina Ekic and Brooklyn Rivers, as well as many more, you need somebody who's going to come in and be able to recruit really well, which we have already seen that uh, so far with, uh, like you said, I don't want to butcher his last name, so we'll just call him Coach Nick for now. Uh, but what Coach Nick did, as you mentioned, with the, taking it from six goals all the way up to the 31 in the season is, is phenomenal, and it shows that he brought in some some talent with him there and hopefully he'll be able to do so here but I think he's going to be doing more 
uh, work with the defenders and goalkeepers. I thought I saw Casey mention. I thought I read with the UFL part two. So even though he has been crucial to the offensive output for Oregon State, I think he's going to spend more time focused on the defensive side of the ball once he's here with UFL, which I think in past years UFL has had a great defense. That's something Karen Ferguson days is always focused on with her goalkeepers and backline of the defenders. Uh, so he's going to take an already strong defense and just up it another notch. Yeah, and then adding strength to strength, because when you take a look at it, defense was a strength for the cards in women's soccer last year, obviously, with Gabby Kay. Back tending goal, a very strong line in front of her. Jeff, uh, that's certainly a good move and certainly a guy who has done some great things for us. So some of your thoughts on our new addition? Yeah, I, you know, it, obviously the experience of working with goalkeepers and defenders, you know, we do have a, a fairly strong uh, lineup from what I, I'm aware of in that area. So it's good to, to have somebody to continue to support that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see some focus on the offensive as well. Uh, you got to, you know, you can't, you can't win a game by stopping the other team from scoring, right? You, you can make it easier to win a game by stopping the other team from scoring, but you do have to put the ball in the net to be able to win a game, ultimately, at least once. Um, so, yeah, we got to beef up the offense a little bit on the squad, and, and hopefully we get the chance to do that. But you don't want to do that then at the expense of the defense. So you need to get people coming in that are, that are capable of handling kind of both sides of that. And he is a coach with not a long-standing resume of a lot of different schools, but kind of a success profile wherever he's been. was a two-year head coach at the University of Mount Union, and I am not sure where that is, but it sounds like it could be in the state that has mountains, maybe, huh? <laughs> University be. of Mount Union. I want to say that two was stint there. St. Louis. I was trying to remember. Yeah, I'd be interested to know that one if one of you guys want to jump you on. You were that, looking yeah. at Alliance, Ohio, where their undergrad enrollment is about 2,100 students. Okay, okay. Definitely a, a D3 school then, maybe. <laughs> he was the head coach there for the men for two years and then went to Penn State for a year as an assistant. And then they ended up going to Oregon State. So he's had some major conference experience. As an assistant, as Case pointed out, he worked primarily with the goalkeepers and defenders and coordinated recruiting at Illinois also for three years. So uh, uh, he's got some good, solid Power 5 conference background into him, and, and we're certainly hoping he'll be able to come in and, and add to the, uh, the certainly talented coaching skills of Karen Ferguson Days, who I think started a little over in the year 2000 if i'm correct on that so right. yeah she is in her second uh, decade of coaching the cards and the cards have not really had a bad you know terrible run of it lately i mean it's not been you know ncaa tournament victory kind of stuff but they haven't exactly been at the bottom of the acc either so certainly a chance to sort of some improvement here and we welcome you, Coach Nick. Certainly hope that you can come in here and uh, continue the excellence. And you've certainly got a great place to do it out at Lynn Stadium, uh, one of the finest premier facilities. Yeah, and not just U of L. I mean, the city of Louisville is kind of soccer crazy right now. 
So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty good place to come into right now and, and be a part of a program in an overall environment that's really, really high on soccer right now. So very cool. Certainly so. The, the things that are going on with the NWASL right now, then there were Racing Louisville down there. They're getting great crowds out there. Yeah. Some very, very talented. Lynn players. Family Stadium sounds like it's going to be a party all day. They got a watch party for the NWSL. He's playing in Chicago this afternoon. And then the the men play at Lynn Family Stadium this evening. So, you know, that sounds like that could just be a place to go hang out all day. Yeah, certainly so. If you want to go get your kicks, head on down to the soccer stadium. There you go. Threw that in there. So uh, best of luck to you, Coach Nick, and I know you'll be working closely with a lot of our fine student athletes that'll be playing for women's soccer this year. The uh, other item I guess to get into here, and this may take a the goodly portion of the show, I think, in our discussions and such is NIL. Okay, what is NIL? You might ask yourself, what is going on with NIL? What should I know about this? How does it affect me? What's going to be going on with the landscape of college campuses and such with NIL? I think the best way to start it out basically is just a description of what actually NIL is. Uh, Jared wrote a great article on Friday about this, filling in for Daryl about NIL. And I'll start it out basically just by, just by saying NIL stands for Name, Image, and Likeness. That's the acronym. Under long-time NCAA rules, college student-athletes were not allowed to profit from their name, image, and likeness through endorsements, personal appearances, autograph signings, or anything of the like. But some states, and I think it's what, up to six states now or seven states now, have enacted NIL legislation, Jared, Kentucky being the latest to do one of those when Governor Andy made the announcement yesterday. It's not actually legislation uh, in our case, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, take off on this, Jared. Tell us about this NIL. What does it mean to us? Yeah, let's let's start with the facts, and then we'll kind of get into the opinions on it uh, later on. But the, the facts are just that uh, in, any uh, NCAA student-athletes do have the option now where they can uh, profit off what you said, their name, their image, like likeness. So um, it, there's companies out there that are commercializing or marketing uh, products that using a, a player's name or their image, you're saying, hey, so-and-so uses this. Well, the player can now go on and take royalties from that. Uh, there's kind of the, the debate right now on how it's going to affect like media such as ours, where if we're using a player's name or posting a picture, would they be able to go ahead and try and cash in from us with that as well as your especially you're going to see it with your major companies such as the espn nbc cbs abc all of those that stream those big sports and make big profit when they're discussing these players and highlighting these players these players now have the chance to go on and, and cash in but it's different ways you can make money a lot of these student athletes do have large followings on social media you'll see on twitter and instagram are some big ones uh, with some of those big followings you're going to be able to cash in with some money uh, maybe able to strike some deals with different companies to endorse their products. Uh, I know we kind of talked about it had been several months ago at this point, but just some of the more higher tier women's basketball players and Haley Van Liff being one of those top ones in terms of uh, a following and just popularity. 
Uh, so a player like that could really rake in some big money. Uh, but you could also see how it may affect some other players or other the uh, the Olympic sports and what some of those players may be able to do as well. Someone like Mercedes Pastor, who has a huge uh, presence internationally coming from uh, South America in that area, that she could do some damage in terms of making money, making profits that way. A lot of your international student athletes do have some options that direction. So we don't really have the exact facts and figures of how much somebody could profit and what exactly they could make money off of, but they now have that chance and that opportunity uh, from that standpoint. And this is just us stating the facts. Uh, we haven't gotten to the opinion part and just what we think and how it's going to play out. It is a something that I think there's six or seven states are trying to come up with an exact number that have gone ahead and said, okay, this is going to happen here. Andrew, uh, Governor Andy Bashir of Kentucky made the announcement about his NIL executive order Thursday afternoon. Uh, but I've got Georgia, Florida, Alabama, New Mexico, Mississippi, Kentucky. And am I missing one in here somewhere, Jared? I have those sixes as ones that have enacted NIL legislation or initiatives. Um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head as well, but I thought you may have hit them all. Uh, just to, if, if that's the case, if, the, if these are the six so far that have done this, obviously many more states are considering this and are doing things. I think Texas has got some stuff in their legislative body about enacting, uh, you know, initiatives on this. This is a really strong SEC lineup here, guys. You know, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky. Uh, gonna look good for the SEC on this, but uh, as somebody joked earlier, they've been paying their players for years, so it's nothing new to them, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, ACC has got, got a foothold in this, along with Louisville. Georgia Tech will be affected by this now, and also Florida State and Miami down in the Sunshine State will also be a part of the NIL legislation. Uh, it's it's something that people have been crying for for a long time, and now that it's here, we don't know exactly what's going to happen next. Is that pretty well summed up, Jared? So far, because there's no clarity on what exactly it entails and what you can really profit off of, and it still varies state by state. Uh, this is something that's going to end up having to become in my opinion, it needs to be uh, federally regulated so it is even across the board. Uh, and we do need to really have it in black and white, exactly stating this is okay, this is not okay. You can make money here, you can't make money here. These people are protected, these people are not protected. It really needs to be printed in black and white with something like this. Because it's so open to interpretation right now that it's still a hot mess. And I think that's part of why so many of the Universities here in the state of Kentucky are still trying to figure out, well, what direction are we going to go with this? Because we've just kind of been given a dictate at your own choosing right now, which can get very complicated. So I would argue that this is regulated at the federal level already. It's called the Sherman Antitrust Act, right? It's the, the law that outlaws monopolies and outlaws uh, create, you know, having employees working for substandard wages or no, no, no wages whatsoever, right? This exists, right? What's weird here is that the NCAA 
and through the NCAA, its members' institutions, have been essentially granted this weird, in, in effect, if not officially granted, this weird exemption to the Sherman Antitrust Act, right? And that's what I think we need to also think about in this and some of the news recently is that there was a Supreme Court case that came out of this. It was a unanimous Supreme Court case, uh, just came out earlier this week, maybe late last week, that said, hey, NCAA, you're not exempt from the Sherman Antitrust Act. You know, every issue that was brought in that Supreme Court case, the NCAA lost unanimously on antitrust act reasonings. So, like, in, in at least one of the dissents from Kavanaugh, who I'm not generally a fan of, but okay, um, you got this one right, basically were pleaded with other student-athletes to bring more cases along these lines that they could rule against the NCAA on it 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 was quite an entertaining read actually so you know I I think we're just finally seeing that you know the 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 regulatory the the you know executive branch folks and the legislative branch folks are catching up to what should have been the case all along I would agree with that They, they have been and the University of Louisville has been very preemptive and proactive toward this I think they kind of got an inkling that this was going to come down in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, that that the university has gone ahead and already assigned a associate athletic director, aptly named Matt Banker, to the NIL initiatives. (laughs) So let's sit down and discuss your financial needs here with Matt Banker. Yes. Good name there, guys. But the U of L is doing all this as they've been what what's de- been deemed permissible by the NCAA? Let's make sure that we're we're clear on that. The NCAA has said that following activities permitted by institutions can certainly do things about providing educational programming on NIL and associated regulations to their student athletic body. Also, assisting and evaluating opportunities for their student athletes also very important. There, very important assisting them in evaluating opportunities and also assistance with compliance and also disclosure expectations. And finally, assistance in the evaluation of professional service providers. That's the last key three words I want to bring in right now. Professional service providers. Uh, Jared, is this a new cottage energy uh, industry that's going to be popping up here? People who are now going to start claiming they are professional service providers to these student athletes to help them make the most out of name, image, and likeness? Yeah, I, I could easily see that happening. And I think you're going to see a lot of different scams and people faking saying they're one thing when they're not, just trying to profit off of these student athletes in whatever way they can realizing that they can now generate revenue so you're going to have to look at a whole separate department where you're going to have to protect these student athletes from this stuff and almost have an an insurance protection type thing as well uh, when you add on the fact that they're now able to to make this money because it's going to happen but you're also going to see legit companies that are professional providers that'll be like and it's like, hey, uh, we've got these opportunities for you, which it's almost going to be, to me, like a, a marketing team or having an agent is really what it, to me, is going to end up being similar to. 
Let's certainly hope to God it doesn't get as bad as the Medicare supplement commercials that have bombarded television lately as well. If I see Joe name with one more time, I'm going to throw a football at his crotch. No. Uh, but you, you have been proactive about this. They, they have set up a, a pilot NIL law clinic available to students, you know, for giving them guidance on their NIL opportunities. Sport administration elective classes called NIL in college sports will be offered for the fall semester this year at UNL. Uh, social media, brand management education is going to be included through UofL's Elevate, E-Elevate partnership with Open Doors. An interesting concept there, information on how that's going to work at will be a, a great read if you're interested of that, finding out the current social media account and habits of a student. What am I basically worth, I suppose, would be the best term there. And let's kind of stop it there a little bit. In the men's side, obviously, there are going to be quite a few opportunities, but we focus on women's sports. Let's take a look at some of our women's sports student athletes that could profit very well from this. And I think one that we can bring out right away, and I'm not going to go to basketball like you guys are thinking I'm going to. I'm going to go to field hockey and Mercedes Pastor. This is a young woman, although... Uh, not probably known as well as some of the basketball players, has done some incredible things and has a great deal of respect and admiration and following in the world out there, of course, in field hockey, guys. Yeah, I I think she has the potential to do that if she wants to. I'm not sure she wants to, <laughs> if that makes sense, right? I mean... Yeah. She, oh, has, sense. she hasn't been particularly active on social media that I've seen. She hasn't been particularly out there. She hasn't been building her personal brand so much like some of the other student athletes do. Um, and and that's, a, that's a personal choice and, and quite reasonable one. I have, I have no issues with it. Um, you know, she's an engineering student. She's an industrial engineering student. She wants to go be an engineer. Um, it's not necessarily an, an out in front of the public type position, but yeah, I mean, she's got the brains. Uh, she's got the, the, the ability to do things athletically that, is, that is unusual and attention grabbing and maybe an obscure sport, uh, overall, but still, you know, she can do things with her stick and a ball that are pretty amazing. And I think you could get some attention that way. So I think, yeah, yeah I think she has the potential to do, fairly well in this area if she chooses to pursue that. Uh, she's definitely got a sparkling, sparkling personality as well. I think, I think if you've ever talked to her or interviewed her, you're just very, very impressed with her. Not only love of trying to speak to you in a second language for her. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. Obviously, English is not her first language, but she loves to try to express herself as far as she can in English and also gives a lot of credit to her teammates. Uh, Jared, let's look at basketball and what name pops out to you as somebody who could be an NIL superstar here. Well, we've already mentioned uh, Haley Van Lith, and that's just that comes well before she was even at Louisville. Her connections with Kobe Bryant really helped build her name early, early on. Uh, so by the time she got here, she was already a big name, and then she just got the hype from there. But you, you've got some other really solid players on the team. I mean, Olivia... Cochran, who's just finished her freshman year, but how great she's already been after one season and what she can do. And 
there was a lot of love that was out there from Acosta Robinson. Uh, I think her following kind of grew from the ACC and NCAA tournaments. But there's so many players, and and part of it's going to just be based off of how much like airtime, TV time, publicity, marketing that UofL women's basketball gets as a whole, uh, which is going to be a lot more than development per se. You're going to see UofL on some of these channels, like on an ESPN televised game. Uh, so many of those players will get a little more uh, time in the public eye as opposed to a school like Bellarmine who may only be streamed online or a pay-per-view option on TV. Uh, but I think all the every single player that's on UofL's roster has the potential to have semi-decent success with the new NIL law. I'd have to agree with that as well, especially – the ones that are coming in as freshmen, Peyton Verholst has a great possibility to really expand and grow on this. But look, let's go to a different arena. Let's go to a different type of ball. Let's move this over to volleyball, where the volleyball team has had some very, very great success over the last couple of years and certainly has some colorful, outstanding players to look at. Jeff, uh, let's kind of look at maybe Eichel Jones and maybe Anna DeBeer is a couple who could do very well at this. And then, of course, Tori Dilfer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Dilfer family is obviously no stranger to uh, the public eye. So uh, that's something that, that she's probably pretty well, already pretty well situated to be able to uh, to, to be able to take advantage of. Uh, Ika Jones is a uh, dynamic and charismatic young woman that um, has been doing some of her own video work um, through her YouTube channel on basically a shoestring budget doing some pretty impressive um, uh, video production work on, on a shoestring budget. It's pretty pretty impressive what she's doing. So absolutely those two I think are, are well suited. Uh, Anna DeBeer has the potential uh, to do uh, if, if she again if she wants to get out there and get her face out there and and, and get her brand out there I think she has a potential to it very well U of L has been very like I said preemptive and proactive in this they have a plan to partner with the college licensing co- company the CLC as it's known as and game plan for their compass resources are going to include the online life skills education modules and IL disclosure reporting platforms and student athlete career services. UofL is also going to create a NIL advisory board, which is going to include several athletic staff members, university staff members, and faculty members, all going to provide expertise on media marketing, branding, contracts, intellectual property, international student visas and employment. Uh, pretty pretty proactive, preemptive strike there by the cards. And also the U of L administration will be meeting with the individual teams and students to learn about their questions. Certainly at 18, I know I wasn't much of a money manager. I know I still had a ton of questions about the world UofL is being proactive here, and it's going to help them navigate through any potential NIL opportunities. Uh, all that's well and good, and all the coaches that we've seen have been very supportive and have been very positive toward the initiative that their players can start making money and doing that. The root of the matter, though, guys, kind of comes down to me. What is it going to do to a site? like Cardinal Couple. 
how is it going to affect us? What is it going to limit and restrict what we can do in our daily reporting of the joy and excitement of UofL Athletics? Uh, Jeff, I know you had some strong thoughts on this before the broadcast. What's it going to do to Cardinal Couple? Uh, my my take on it is not a whole lot. Uh, you know, we, we are... Okay, we're not high-intense journalistic site, right? That, that's not us. We've never really claimed to be that. But we are a news and media site, a commentary site, a discussion site. Uh, these are all, um, you know, I made the comment last week on something that uh, on another topic that the vast majority of what we report is publicly available information. We're just pulling it together and aggregating it and presenting it in an easy-to-consume format for people. Um, you know, that doesn't change here. Uh, you know, professional basketball and football players still do post-game interviews. They still have interviews outside of the, the, the arena environment. It's part of building their brand. We're still going to get that. That's still going to be the case. Um, you know, we're not out here trying to use the stu these student-athletes to endorse our product in any way. Um, so I, I really don't see this having much of an impact on us. That You know, the notion that, oh, we're going to get sent a bill if we mention somebody's name is is, is kind of ridiculous, I think, right? You know, we like I said before the show, we have, uh, we can, and we have in the past mentioned Kobe Bryant on this site. We did earlier in this show when we were talking about, you know, Haley Van Lith, right? And, and we're not going to be sent a bill by Kobe Bryant's estate because we said his name on the air. Um, I, I just don't think that it has a, a market impact on, on what we do, all, all said and done. That would cover name very well. I think Jared, in addition to his excellent writing duties here, is also our staff photographer and takes a lot of photos in the spring and in the fall and in the winter of various student-athletes doing work in their selected sports that they're participating in and get some great shots. Jared, how do you look at the, your future doing this and some of the things that could affect you? I'm thinking that UofL really appreciates all the media and coverage that they get from people because this is, for them, it's free publicity and free marketing. So I think they're going to want to protect every single site, blog, radio show out there uh, especially the ones that are nonprofits like we are, and it would include all their writers and those that may go on podcasts or radios with them. And I think it would also protect their photographers because sometimes even you have else kind of like, you know, could we borrow this picture for this and that? And it's, uh, uh, I wouldn't say it, it happens often, but it, it's not unheard of for one of the teams to reach out and be like, hey, we, uh, like this picture for something do you mind if we could have this for our records or could we use this to uh, there's a few years ago they submitted an uh, a nomination for Delaney Snyder as the a sportsmanship award thing and there's a picture of mine that they really like that they wanted and I think UofL appreciates having that and we're not out here selling pictures of the student athletes in any way we're just out here sharing and be like hey you know here's a cool shot of of uh, Celine Funky hitting a triple in the softball game over the, the weekend. And it's an updated picture versus here's a picture of what she looked like four years ago. Uh, so, so we're not really doing anything that should create an issue. Uh, and I think from, I post a lot of those pictures on social media as well. I'm not doing anything to profit or create issues there. So I don't 
think we're going to run into anything with that. Obviously, we'll want to make sure we can get something in writing from U of L or whoever's saying here, hey, you're protected. Uh, because having it in writing is always going to be the best way to go in case you ever need to refer back to it. Uh, but I'm reading digger deeper into it and just kind of figuring out what's going on and listening to people's thoughts on it. I don't think it's really going to impact Cardinal Couple at all versus what we do versus our live in-game reporting, our post-game interviews with coaches and players and photos we have of coaches and players. So we are pretty much in agreement here that the Cardinal Couple will continue to go boldly forth expressing the joy and excitement of U of L women's athletics until we get told about any particulars that we cannot do. Status quo, we will continue forward and certainly observe and also break down any updates and further information as it continues to roll in on this whole thing called NIL. And, uh, we ain't going nowhere, so everybody keep reading and keep listening, and we appreciate you doing that very much so. I think there's some other concerns, not directly tied to us, but just NIL in general. And the, the first thing, first and foremost right now, is the states that have approved NIL versus the states that haven't. You're looking yeah, at absolutely. a big – it's a big recruiting tool right now. I mean, if you're a student athlete and you're deciding uh, – to go to school up in Washington who hasn't proved it versus go to school down in Florida, which has approved it. Well, you can make some extra money if you go to that school down in Florida because of the whole NIL. So Florida state or Miami is going to beat out Washington or Washington state as of right now with some of those, just because of the fact that NIL is approved. So we're going to really need to see all around the board. Every state's going to have to go on and allow And I know Jeff kind of mentioned it too, with how the Supreme court worded it and, that's what, that's what I was going to say. That the Supreme Court ruling may make that move. That may make it essentially a level playing field, close to a level playing field, across the country now. So, um, you know, particularly if there's other cases that get taken up and go there and, and open that up further, I think it would be, you know, because a state can say no, you can't do this, or or a, a university, at least state universities, are agents of the state. Therefore, they have the same restraints on them that the, the state as a whole does. So, you know, they're they're constrained by, you know, the the Bill of Rights and all of that. Right. So if, if the federal government says this is a something that the, the players are allowed to do, then then the, the universities can't restrict that, regardless of whether they're in one of these states that have taken their own steps to open it up. So I think you'll see a rapid amount of states adopting this initiative very soon, sir. Yeah. There's two other concerns with NIL, too, that I've I just kind of like been thinking about over the last few days. One is your big sports that get a lot of attention, such as football and men's basketball and women's basketball. These players are going to have a lot more opportunity to get something off of NIL and actually make a profit as opposed to some of your smaller sports. Uh, you're not going to see as many players such as like field hockey, lacrosse, swim, uh, golf. A lot of these players don't get that whole public recognition and, and following interest as your other big sports are. So who's to say, are they even going to be able to make a profit? And then the other thing, the other concern I've uh, come, come across too is your discrepancy and difference between some of your bigger and more popular colleges and universities versus your smaller ones. And it's going to be a nice recruiting tactic, especially for power five schools. 
Notre Absolutely. Dame, who for years and years has always been in the media spotlight and getting this attention. Uh, why would you want to go somewhere else, such as uh, maybe like Utah or Cal State Fullerton or something, when you can go to Notre Dame and you know you're going to be on TV a lot more, get that recognition a lot more, build your following. So a lot of these smaller schools are really going to start hurting in terms of the recruiting and their talent, especially for the more popular sports. And I think we're going to start seeing in probably within the decade, a kind of a, a gap open up with the talent level of some of your bigger schools versus your smaller schools. Yeah. It, will it increase the gap between the power five and the rest of the NCAA schools? I think it may. It could very well do so. Another thing is too, you take a look at the states that have been active so far, I guarantee you conference members in the Big Ten and the Big 12 and the Pac-12 right now are besieging their legislatures. We have got to get this done because Penn State is losing players to those goddamn Alabama Crimson Tires down there. And we can't have these young kids going down there because they're going to get paid $80,000 a year. Come on, legislator, let's get it done. I, I don't remember the list of states that you, you listed that had allowed it, but was one of them either Ohio or Michigan? Because any one of those, it's pretty much going to guarantee the other will do it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Pennsylvania's not far behind that either. Right, so right. They get it done. Right, right, then, right. And then Wisconsin's on New York going to be like, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. Right now it's primarily an SEC coalition right here. Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Kentucky, all SEC. Now, of course, there's some ACC in there, too. Like I mentioned earlier, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Miami, Louisville, those schools, ACC. But the ACC, other schools are going to be saying, you know, if I lived in Virginia right now, and if I was a head coach at, say, Virginia Tech, or I was a head coach at the University of Virginia, I would be on the phone with my legislators 24-7. Can we get this initiative passed? I'm losing kids. I got to get this initiative passed. Come on, help us out here. So, with all that being said, uh, many things to be answered yet, many scenarios to be played out yet, how it's going to work out. All we can advise you here, folks, is stay tuned because that's what we're going to do. We'll report to you what we know, we'll try to put it in the most positive light possible. But uh, I remember, just like a toddler learning to walk, there were going to be some very good steps, and there are going to be some times when they fall flat on their butt and start crying, okay? It's going to go both ways. It's brand new for everybody. All right, good discussion on NIL, guys. Mm -hmm. uh, we have time for a quiz? Let's go ahead and get it in. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. We've only got two participants today so <laughs> if we run a couple minutes over i don't think anybody's going to sue us but uh, jared and jeff going in both had strong showings last week last week's quiz jared still basically is technically undefeated in the quizzes though so jeff you have a yeoman's duty ahead of you today Dude. but it's a quiz that you like it's the mascot quiz yep 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 in fact Invite you to play at home if you're playing at home. Remember, you get 10 points for each correct answer. There are 10 questions. There is a bonus at the end of the 10 questions. You can choose to take or not to take, where you can either pick up 20 points, lose 20 points if you get it wrong, or stay where you are and not take the bonus question. So, Jared, since you are 
the Notre Dame, the Yukon of this quiz. <laughs> We're going to let you go first on these questions. Gentlemen, are you ready for the mascot quiz? Sure. Question number one. Here we go. Louis was chosen as the University of Louisville's mascot in A, 1975, B, 1913, C, 1946, or D, 2001. When was Louis chosen as our University of Louisville mascot, Jerry? 75, 13, 46, or 2001? I don't know when U of O Athletics was founded, but I assume that Louis was probably pretty close to the the start of that. So I'm going to go with the oldest number out there, which is 1913. Yeah, go with the 1913 choice, Jeff. There's three other options there, or do you like that one as well? Uh, you know, I remember I've seen pictures of uh, an early form of Louis that uh, were high quality pictures, uh, but were in black and white. So based on that, I'm going to zoom in on that 1946 option as being the likely time frame. Jeff's going to go post-World War II with the 1946. Jared's going pre-World War One. Jared is correct. 1913 is when Louis was brought out as the University of Louisville mascot. 1913. Wow. A long time. Louis, over 100 years old and hardly looks at one. That's right. So... What was the mascot before Louis, or was there one? May not have existed. Yeah, <laughs> and there may not have been one, Jared. Honestly, because I noticed when in doing this quiz preparation, a lot of schools started bringing in mascots in the Roaring Twenties or the the, the nineteen tens and stuff like that. So it was a phenomenon that started around the turn of the century, last century. So come on, Paul, you were like uh, forty already by then. You should know. Before that, I think that we. <laughs> I believe we were called the River Rats, I'm pretty sure, because of the preference of them down in Main Street. Okay, question number two. The University of Cincinnati's got a mascot. Who is the mascot? Is it the Wildcat, the Huggy Bear, the Bearcat, or is it Lemu the Emu? Who's UC's mascot, Jerry? As much as I like that name, Lemu the Emu, it, it's not the, it, it is the Bearcats of Cincinnati. He likes that Bearcat as a choice, Jeff. Could it be Lemu? I, I was actually laughing at Huggy Bear, but uh, he's, of course, at <laughs> West Virginia now. Uh, no, yeah, it is the, the, there are the Bearcats. So I don't know if they have an actual name for it, though. Uh, Bearcats is correct. I agree with you. I think it should be Huggy Bear. <laughs> but I think they have these little, Bob Huggins dolls that they could throw up to the fans and stuff and <laughs> bring back in. Okay. The boys got that one correct. Let's move on to question number three. Delta State. They've got a real interesting mascot, guys. Is it A, the fighting okra, B, Don the Delta Dog, C, the Soilers, or D, Buddy the Brown Hog? That Delta State mascot, Jared. Okras, the Delta Dogs, the Soilers, or Buddy the Brown Hog? I don't know. For some reason, I was thinking of a bird immediately when you said it, but a, a bird's not on that list. So, I don't know. Uh, Delta State Dogs, maybe? I don't know. The D with the D? He's going with the Delta State Dogs. 
Jeff. Oh, it's a good choice to bring three others here. You get the Fighting Oakers, the Delta Dogs, the Soilers, of course, Freddie the Brown Hawk. So the term delta is frequently referenced with like a river delta where the river empties out into a larger area, like, for example, the Mississippi River in, in Louisiana. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it may be something agriculture related because of good soil or maybe something with food in the area. I don't know. Um, I, I am going to go with I think I'm going to go with the okra. I know there is a school with okra as a mascot. I don't know if that's it. Jeff's going to take that fighting okra and make sure and get it as an entree, not the main course. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have trouble getting it done. Fighting okra is correct. All right. Delta State. Ooh, that's good logic okra. with that. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff thinks just went through in Jared fashion and, and, and comes up with the correct answer. And Delta it. State is in Cleveland, Mississippi. So. It's that in the is area, correct. Yeah. So, yeah. The fighting okra, and sometimes I fight so, okra too. Yeah, it's not quite in the Mississippi River Delta, but you know, all right, close enough. I kind of, I kind of like the soilers because I could have a double uh, entree, but yeah. anyway. Okay. <laughs> Question number four: Charlie the cucumber. You know Charlie the cucumber. He's a mascot at a North Carolina School of the Arts. B, Stetson, C, Arkansas Jonesboro, or D, Caltech Poly and Science. Where are we going to find that cucumber, Jared? That's that's a good question. Can I just go with the veggie tails? Would that be... <laughs> <laughs> that's um... not an option, sir. Veggie Tales University. Yeah. Are um... you majoring in carrots this year? <laughs> what are the options again? Because North not... Carolina School of the Arts, North Carolina School of the Arts, Stetson, Arkansas Jonesboro, or Caltech Poly and Sciences. Where are we gonna find cucumbers, buddy? <laughs> you know the School of the Arts sounds like that'd be a, a fun one to go. Maybe that one. Okay, he's gonna go with North Carolina School of the Arts, Jeff. That's uh. One of four options here. We've got Stetson, we've got Arkansas Jonesboro, we've got Caltech Poly and Sciences, as well as North Carolina School of the Arts. Uh, I yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty I'm virtually positive it's not Stetson. I don't think it's Arkansas Jonesboro, uh, and I don't think it's Caltech Poly. Uh, I'm going to go with the North Carolina School for the Arts as well. He's joining Jared in the NS. School of the Arts and North Carolina School of the Arts is correct. They are Charlie the Cucumber. I did. And what the cucumber's particular art talent is, I have no idea, guys. One would think he might be able to play the piccolo, but who knows? Oh. Man, oh. That was bad. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got four questions under the belt. The boys are tied at 30 each. Going into question number five. And on question number five, going to bring you this. If Wu Shock runs onto the field, you are at a game. Are you at a Western Michigan game? Are you at a Wichita State game? Are you at an Iowa State game? Are you at a Creighton game, Jared? 
where are you going to see Wu Shuck? To me, Wu Shark sounds like the shock of your son, one Wichita State. He likes Wichita State for an answer there. Jeff, has got anything going for him on that one there? Yeah, Iowa State's the Cyclones. Uh, Creighton is the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't remember which other ones you said. But, uh, yeah, it is, I'm pretty sure it's Wichita State as well. The boys like Wichita State. And that's right, Wu Shock, the official mascot for the Wichita State Shockers. Shock for the shockers. Question number six comes up. And on question number six, we have for you uh, change in the order. Jeff will go first now. Jared will go second. Pistol Pete's the mascot for Texas Southern, Wyoming, Oklahoma State, or Texas El Paso. Where are we going to find Pistol Pete at? I have seen this mascot, and I'm drawing a blank on where now. Uh, run through those one more time. You've got Texas Southern. You've got Wyoming. Oklahoma State or Texas El Paso. Pistol Pete, the mascot. Um, I'm going to go with Wyoming. But I'm not Going sure. Going with the Wyoming? One of those western states. Jerry, Wyoming's a choice. You've also got Texas Southern, Oklahoma State, and Texas El Paso. It is the Cowboys of Oklahoma State because he is no longer allowed to have an actual prop gun on his uniform. He has to use his finger, finger guns now. That is correct. Okay. And he's an honorary to begin with. Yeah, too. I was wondering about that. I thought that, that was my second choice. So, But, oh well. I stumbled out of a bar at 2 a.m. and saw Pistol Pete. I would immediately turn back in and go back inside. He is a mean-looking cuss, that's for sure. All right. Jerry takes a quick lead here. As we go to question number seven, who has the blue blob as one of their mascots? The blue blob is on the sidelines for one of these schools. Is it A, Kansas, B, Wofford? C, Xavier, or D, Memphis? Where are we going to get the blue blob at, guys? Jeff? Uh, Xavier's Musketeers, I think. So yeah, I'm going to go with Wofford. I'm going to take Wofford. All right. Jared, four choices there. Kansas, Wofford, Xavier, or Memphis? Oh. Oh. Uh... Based off the nickname of all those schools, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to have to go with Jeff on that with Wofford, because I'm not really sure I've ever seen a mascot for Wofford before. Both the boys went with Wofford, but Xavier University in metropolitan Cincinnati has two mascots. They have the Musketeer, and they also have the Blue Blob. That's right. I've seen the blue blob on the basketball sidelines before. Oh, is he as weird not, looking as uh, Big Red is? He is much more uglier than Big Red. Indeed, yeah. I, Big Red is so horrible. Blue blob is just kind of this shapeless blue blob that's out there walking around. Like, so I wasn't unreasonable in my logic because I said Xavier the Musketeers, no. but all right. 
I'm okay with that. Perhaps the, the boys miss on that one. So next time you go to Xavier and if you hear people yelling about blue blobs, they're not drunk and stuttering. They're yelling for one of the mascots. Okay. Question number eight coming up now. There are no colonels on our sideline. No colonels at all on our sideline. Who are we? Are we Center College? Are we Nickel State? Are we EKU? Or are we Austin P? Who doesn't have any colonels on their sideline, Jeff? Uh, Center College. Yeah. Nickel State. EKU or Austin P? EKU are the colonels. Austin P, I think, are also the colonels. I'm going to go to Nickel State. Just going to choose Nickel State. If you got dimes, you can't go to Nickel State. That's right. one of the rules. Uh, Jared, four choices there. Is it center, Nickel State, EKU, or Austin P? It's not EKU. We all know they're the Colonels. And I saw someone driving around with a center college sticker the other day. It said center Colonels, so it's not that. I just don't know what the other two are. Um, I'm, I'm going to go Nickel State as well because I really don't know. He chooses Nickel State, too, but at Center College, we know they're the Colonels. Definitely know they're the Colonels in EKU. Nickel State also is the Colonels. Austin P is the Governors. Governors, yeah. The oh, governors is what I was looking for here. Yeah. Although some Governors may have been Colonels in the past, they're not officially known as that at Austin P, who's also known for the great chant, Let's Go P, Let's Go P. All right. Moving into question number 10 now, we have Jared holding on to a very tenuous 10-point lead as we go into question number 10, guys, here. Best of luck to you on that as we go into this question. Or am I right on that? Wait a second. I may be wrong here. Duh. We've only done eight questions. Duh. Okay, Paul. Use both fingers here. <laughs> Never mind. Disregard the previous statement. Question number nine. The University of Maine is known for their mascot, Marky the Maple, Bananas the Bear, Willie the Whale, or Sammy the Squirrel. Who's up there at the University of Maine, Jeff? Is it Marky the Maple, Bananas the Bear, Willie the Whale, or Sammy the Squirrel? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm th this again, just kind of based on geography and the characteristics of the area. They're very uh, focused on seafood type stuff and lobster in Maine. I was looking for a lobster one; it wasn't in there, uh, so I'm gonna go with Willie the whale. But yes, likes the whale. Yeah, that makes sense to you, Jared. Could it be Marky the Maple or Bananas the Bear or maybe even Sam the Squirrel? It's the Maine Bears, so I'm assuming the name of the bear would be Bananas because you only read off one bear mascot name there. That is correct, and you are correct. It is Bananas the Bear up there in Maine where they have a what I consider to be a pretty large black bear population. Yes, so, at least when they yeah. Was that too? So there you go. If we play the Black Bears this year, we know who we're playing. The University of Maine. Okay. Now we'll go to question ten. Jared with a twenty-point lead. 
as we go into this question. This school that I'm about to name to you does not have a mascot. What? They don't have a mascot. Who are they? Southern Miss, Indiana, Akron, or Liberty? Which one of these schools, Jeff, doesn't have a mascot? Uh, I am gonna say, I mean, it's the Indiana Hoosiers. I don't know of any mascot that goes along with that. So I'm gonna go with IU. He's gonna take IU. Jared, does that make sense to you, or you're going elsewhere? It sounds logical to me because from watching IU basketball games on TV, I can't recall ever seeing a, a mascot on the floor. So, I mean, uh, I like Jeff's logic on it, so I'm in agreement. The boys are both going with IU, and the boys are correct on this one. IU's student athletes are known as Hoosiers, but there is no official Hoosier mascot out on the sidelines. So it is Indiana, the only Big Ten school without a mascot. So when you go to IU, don't look to have your picture taken with a mascot. You'll be disappointed. Nothing there. Okay, guys, we're going to the bonus round. Jared with a 20-point lead here on Jeff. Jared, will you take this bonus and risk that lead? Yeah, let's go for it. He's going for it. Mm-hmm. Jeff, Absolutely. How about you? Jeff is always on the bonus. Yeah. He has never refused a bonus in the history of this quiz. Jared at 80, Jeff at 60. Here we go. UC Irving has an interesting mascot. It is A, Nick the Knocker, B, Scooby the Doo, C, the Interstate, or D, Peter the Anteater. Who's that at UC Irvine? Nick, Scooby, the Interstate, or Peter the Anteater? Jared, give me an answer. Yeah, I still remember losing to them in baseball a few years ago, which was not too fun, but it's, uh, I knew it's the Anteaters, so I'm assuming it's Peter the Anteater. Jeff, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Anteaters as well. The boys are both going with Anteaters, and the boys are both right. It is Peter the Anteater prowling the sidelines and field for UC Irvine. And uh, he's a kind of a neat-looking mascot, too. I looked at a picture of him when I was in the quiz and he said, you wouldn't, you know, necessarily run and hide from him, but he's a cute little Anteater, if there is such a thing. I kind of like the Nick the Knocker because you could take that several ways. That thing. All right, Jared Anderson pulls through again. He aces the quiz with 100 today. Jeff in second place and last place with 80. But good work on the yeah. mascots quiz, guys. Did very well on it. Those are always fun. Yeah. Hey, you did we'll better than Case and Daryl. <laughs> yeah. Daryl's probably in the middle of getting her tires changed now, listening to us on her phone going, I knew that one. I knew that one. I knew that one. And so we may do it again next week. I don't know. I found a lot of neat stuff about mascots, and it's always a fun one to prepare for. We'll see. So we'll find out next week. Right now, I think we can go ahead and roll into some final thoughts. Jared, since you won the quiz, we'll let you start out with your final thoughts. Yeah, a couple quick things. First, 
congratulations to Aisha McCarron on uh, being named to the Ireland's uh, Olympic field hockey team. A big honor there as they qualified for the first time ever in the history of their country for the field hockey portion of the Olympics. And also with the MLB draft coming up in a couple weeks, there is a, uh, a UofL baseball player, the catcher Henry Davis, who is projected as high as number two overall in the draft. And I do wish him the best of luck. And, and I'd love to see him get drafted that high. So I'll kind of keep a close eye when it pops up. Absolutely so. It's always good to hear about Cardinals getting that kind of stuff done. Jeff, what you got for me? Uh, yeah, spare a thought this weekend and early next week for the Pacific Northwest. They get this heat dome that they're talking about coming out there. I've got a couple of folks, a few folks on my uh, team at work. I got a couple of them in Seattle, a couple up in Vancouver. Uh, it sounds like the worst is going to be a little further south, though, in Portland. They're looking uh, soft forecast yesterday. I think they've moderated a little bit today, but forecast yesterday of temperatures Sunday and Monday like 113, 114 degrees. Um, which is just insane, uh, in, in particularly that far north. Um, a lot of people in that area don't have air conditioning uh, because you know, if you're sitting on the Pacific Ocean, you generally don't need it. Um, so spare some thought. This could actually be a, a pretty concerning situation up there for a lot of people. So Indeed it will be. And, and certainly when I went up to visit my late aunt several years ago up in Seattle, Washington, she lived in a home that did not have air conditioning as well, and it was not needed. And if they saw the temperature was getting near 80 degrees, they would go into a mild panic state yeah, yeah. and break out the fans. So 110, wow. I certainly feel for you all people. Uh, final thoughts on mine here. Certainly uh, my thought and heart goes out to the, the poor people down in Miami who are part of that tragic collapse down there of the condominium down there certainly uh a travesty much more to come on this yet they still continue to search for any living survivors on this uh i think they've only reported what one did so far but a lot of people are unaccounted for yeah, could be you know snowbirds that are not down there yet yeah, i think i saw four so maybe like, but it's, it's, is it up to four it's, now? It's, it's awfully small number dead for the size of, of the issue that it is, but like 159 people unaccounted for, I think. So, I, yeah, I that, I would sadly expect that number to climb a lot on, on the number dead. I certainly fear the worst there yeah. as well, sir. I, I think that there will be more tragedy involved in that as well. But hopefully, and it, and it is my true wish not, not to disparage on anything, but I hope that a lot of the ones unaccounted for are snowbirders who haven't quite made their way to Florida yet, still have the condos in their name, but haven't been occupying them and haven't been on the site. Anyway, thoughts and prayers with those folks down there. Certainly a very tragic thing in our nation, but uh, all right. We will certainly endeavor to bring you more joy and excitement next week. Who knows what's around the bend? We'll find out as we join you for the Cardinal Couple Radio Air at 11 a.m., unless you know something we don't next Saturday. Until then, everybody have a safe and fun weekend. Uh, be kind to your neighbor, because after all, they are your neighbor, and they'll probably be kind to you if you're kind back to them. See you, everybody.
Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.